Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live.
And then if we get a if we get a good day, we praise your name as well, Lord. For in all things we praise you, Lord. For you are our Lord forever. And in your name of Jesus Christ, we ask for all things. Amen. 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 Okay, folks, we're um something else I wanted to mention about the book of Isaiah. A lot of these chapters are not net keep in mind that a lot of them, especially the first part here of Isaiah, before we start getting into the um, the burdens of the different cities, are, are not necessarily in chronological order. You're going to see that here when it talks about, in verse 1, about King Uzziah being dead. It, it not necessarily in chronological order. We're not sure exactly whether it is or not. I just wanted to mention that. But anyway, Brother Chad, if you would, um, go ahead and start in... Uh, Isaiah chapter six, verse one, brother. Okay. In the year that came Oh wait, before before you get before you even start that, folks, remember mind y'all pray for our president. Pray for Donald Trump, please. Appreciate it very much. Uh, tomorrow's the Electoral College. And uh, uh let's pray that everything goes through without a hitch. Don't for don't forget uh Brother Sergio when you pray and Brother Steve and Sister Julie and Brother Well. And Brother Steve Lipsy and his mother and the ones that I've asked you to pray for before were not just a one time thing. I, I hope that you have a prayer list that you can that you can go to and add these names. And it's not one of those, oh, you're in our thoughts and prayers. When you hear that, ninety nine point nine percent of the time folks wouldn't know how to pray in public if they had a public machine, okay? They anybody throws that thoughts and prayers at you, might as well just grin and go on. I don't know anything about praying. I don't know anything about a relationship with the Lord. Nine times out of ten, that's the way. It, that's the way it works, unless they picked it up by habit. And anyway, didn't mean to get to preaching so soon and and down on some folks. But I would appreciate if you would remember those folks when you pray. All right, brother Chad, Isaiah chapter six, verse one, brother. Amen. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. Okay, you can stop right there. Here we're getting an insight into the temple. And uh, we get these insights from some of the prophets. We get it from the Apostle John in the book of Revelation. And we also go get an insight into the temple area from Ezekiel. We're going to go there shortly. And I'm going to show you some stuff. In Ezekiel, but here we see that the temple of the Lord is open, and the train, His train, filled the temple. Now you're not talking about the little red train with the caboose. The train here in Hebrew is shul. It's garment. It's hem of the garment. That's what this word means. This train here. It's like when the Lord talked about He would cover Israel with His Shul, it's protection. It's a type of protection. So, in case you're just wondering about this word train here, that's what it means. It means shul. And there, all, the hem, especially the hem of the garment, there's a reason why the lady that had an issue of blood in Mark chapter 8, I think it was. I think it's Mark 8, isn't it, David? Mark I believe 
there in Mark chapter 8, she touched Jesus, the hem of his garment, wanted to touch just the hem of his garment. It was something special about the hem of the garment. The genealogies of the kings were sewn into the hem of their garment, of their shoal. Okay? And that's why David, in 1 Samuel, cut off the hem of Saul's garment. And later he repented of it. You can go and read it in uh, 1 Samuel, I think it's chapter 24, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, and there's always smoke connected with the temple. Always smoke, which is, and that's one of the reasons for the the incense being, it talks about the incense or the prayers of the saints. It's likened unto that. That's just idioms that's used to give you an idea of things that you can't see the way it looks on the other side of the veil. So you can go ahead with verse 2, Brother Chet. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. Okay. Brother Chad, I want you to go to Ezekiel chapter 10. Brother David's already in Ezekiel chapter 1. Let me talk about this first for just a second before I get you guys to read, okay? Mm -hmm. This is the only place in the Word of God that seraphim appears. Twice in Isaiah chapter 6. Don't you listen to what I'm saying? A lot of quote-unquote Bible scholars try to make the seraphim and the cherubim the same thing. But as we're going to see, well, you, can, you can study it out for yourself and come to your own conclusion. I'm not slamming my fist down, but I am. what I'm fixing to show you here is very interesting, to say the least. Do you know what the word seraphim means? It means flying serpent. Huh. Blind serpent. Would you keep that in the back of your mind? But like I said, this is the only place in the Word of God that the Word appears. In chapter 1, Brother Dave, if you would start reading about verse 10, I think. I think it's for, no, start reading verse 5. And okay. let's check out. Let's check out that this, 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 we see the seraphim. The seraphim is just like go ahead, bro. Chad, go ahead and read the very next verse. Sure. And one cried unto another and said, "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory." Okay. You remember the holy? Why did he say it three times? Why do they say holy, holy? Why do they say holy, 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 holy? Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Bingo. Amen. Bingo. You'll find out the cherubim in Revelation, those beasts do the same thing. Holy, holy, holy. Of course, it's just by chance, I guess, that over 4,000 years, John writes down just three times. See? Nothing's by chance in this book, folks. Nothing. All right, Brother Dave, go ahead. Chapter okay. 1, verse 5. Ezekiel, chapter 1, and I'll, I'll start at verse 4 at okay. the paragraph marker. And I looked, and, behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself, and a brightness was about it. And out of the midst thereof as the color of amber, out of the midst of the fire, 
Also, out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures. Okay. Four living creatures. Four of them. Okay? Keep that in mind. It's important. Go ahead, brother. And this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man, and everyone had four faces, and everyone had four wings, and their feet were straight feet, and the sole of their feet was like the sole of a calf's foot, and they sparkled like the color of burnished brass, and they had the hands of a man under their wings on their four sides, and they four had their faces and their wings. Their wings were joined one to another. They turned not when they went. They went, every one, straight forward. Watch this. Watch this close. Keep this in your mind. It would be nice if you took the notes where you could look at it later. But go ahead, brother. As for the likeness of their faces, they four had the face of a man and the face of a lion. On the other side, and they had four, had the face of an ox. On on the left side, they four also had the face of an eagle. Okay. The eagle, a man, a lion, and an ox. I wonder if that means anything. I wonder if there's representation here. If there's allegorical meaning here. Think about it. When Brother Chad reads chapter 10. All right, Brother Chad in chapter 10. Ezekiel chapter 10. (laughs) Yes. Just start verse 1. Then I looked, and behold, in the firmament that was above the head of the cherubims, there appeared over them as it were a sapphire stone as the appearance of the likeness of a throne. Now, the firmament, huh? And the throne's right there where the firmament is. Oh, oh. wow. The bubble that covers the earth, folks, that's the firmament. It's still there, contrary to uh, Brother Kent Hovine and those that think <laughs> that, the, that the firmament was destroyed with the flood. Still there. Continue, brother. Verse 2. And he spake unto the man clothed with linen, and said, Go in between the wheels, even under the cherub, and fill thine hand with coals of fire from between the cherubims, and scatter them over the city. And he went, and they went in in my sight. All right. Just remember those coals. Those coals are going to come back up in Isaiah 6. Go ahead. Now the cherubim stood on the right side of the house, when the man went in, and the cloud filled the inner court. Then the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub and stood over the threshold of the house. And the house was filled with a cloud, and the court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. And the sound of the cherubim's wings was heard even to the outer court, as the voice of the Almighty God when he speaketh. And it came to pass, that when he had commanded the man clothed with linen, saying, Take fire from between the wheels, from between the cherubims, then he went in and stood beside the wheels. 
Brother Dave, you can go ahead and turn to uh, chapter 28 in Ezekiel, okay? Okay. Go ahead, Brother, Brother Chad. And one cherub stretched forth his hand from between the cherubims unto the fire that was between the cherubims, and took thereof, and put it into the hands of him that was clothed with linen, who took it and went out. And there appeared in the cherubims the form of a man's hand under their wings. And when I looked, behold, the four wheels by the cherubims, one wheel by one cherub, and another wheel by another cherub, and the appearance of the wheels was as the color of a barrel stone. Watch this, folks. Watch it close. Coming up. Go ahead. And as for their appearances, they four had one likeness, as if a wheel had been in the midst of a wheel. When they went, they went upon their four sides. They turned not as they went, but to the place whither the head looked, they followed it. They turned not as they went. And their whole body and their backs and their hands and their wings and the wheels were full of eyes round about. Okay, full of eyes round about. These cherubim. Okay, now watch verse 14. Even the wheels that they four had. Verse 14. Oh, yes. Verse 14. And everyone had four faces. The first face was the face of a cherub. Do what? Hmm. Do what in the world? Okay. Yeah. That, yeah, just got, got, y'all got that? The face of a cherub. Yeah. Go ahead, brother. Keep on reading now. And the second face was the face of a man. And the third face of a lion. And the fourth, the face of an eagle. What's missing? Uh. Old Bluefoot, Isaiah, Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 14. Brother David? Okay. Yeah, verse 14. Back, go up a little bit where it says, Thou wast in the Garden of Eden, the okay. Garden of God. Start up there. Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 13. Thou hast been in Eden, the Garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold, the workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Okay, stop right there just a second. Thou art the anointed cherub to cover us, folks. He's talking about Lucifer. He's talking about whoever, whatever, but he's the fifth cherub. He's the fifth cherub. You ever wonder why these depictions of the satanic, supposedly the satanic, or whatever you want to call him, figures always has the head or face of a, has horns like an ox. What was missing a while ago with that cherub, Brother Chad? Well, there was no face of an ox. Oh. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. He covered the throne at one time. He was in the garden of God. Seraphim have the face, all four faces as well. And the word seraphim 
means flying serpent. So do you reckon now that the word of God is all that wrong when it says that the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field? You see what I'm saying, Brother David? Brother Chad? See, it's the serpents. It's the you've got you've got four classes of the animal kingdom represented. Yes, I see that part. Okay, and then in one place it leaves out one part and tells you it's a cherubim. Mm -hmm. And here, when it's talking about that was in the garden of God, it says he was the anointed cherub that covered. And the seraphim have the same faces as the cherubim. We just read it in Isaiah 6. Right. These beings could be, they could appear undoubtedly. Now, this part is speculation. What I've just showed you is scriptural fact. I wonder if they could appear as a man. Said that they could, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... When people start making fun of, oh, you know good and well it had to have been a, a man. Why couldn't it have been a cherub? It says here he was in the garden of God. Mm-hmm. And in our English Bible it says it was a serpent. And a seraphim is a fiery. Look it up in the Hebrew, Brother Chad. Yeah. Read it to him. Don't take my word for nothing. You see, you see where I'm putting it together, David? Yeah, I think you're saying that the... Um Seraphim was the snake that was in the garden yes, that also exactly take the what, form of a man. Exactly, that's exactly what I'm saying. So what, and also was the anointed cherub that covered. So the, the cher, Satan the cherub was a seraphim at the same time? Well, the 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 uh, reptilian form of animal is not represented in the in the cherubim's in Ezekiel ten. It just calls it a cherub. Yeah. Like the cherub is a seraphim. Okay, yeah, yeah, like the uh, maybe the highest office. Of Correct. The Correct. Because it, because this guy in Ezekiel twenty-eight was the anointed cherub. It's the mm-hmm. only place any cherub's anointed. He was over the throne of God. Hey, so brother. He, yes. Sorry to interrupt, but Roll's on the phone. I don't know if I should unmute him. Or yeah, he, should him. he can listen. He can listen. Okay. All right. Just let me know. Yeah, thank you. Brother Chad, turn to Isaiah 14. Sure. While I'm, ta- while I'm talking. Brother Dave, you see the connection that you have oh, to... yes. I, I knew the connection before that the snake was likely a seraphim, but I didn't get this part about the cherub and the seraphim being the same part. And that the chair being the anointed one that covered the, uh, the throne of God, throne of God was right. obviously the highest office of the of the yeah. seraphim. Then that's correct. Ah, so yeah. the cherubim is yeah. an office of the seraphim because they have the same faces. Is that what you say? No, uh, I don't know. Office, no, I don't. Um, um, not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily. It's only mentioned once in the Word. The seraphim's only mentioned once in the Word of God. Read what the definition, strong definition of seraphim is. Yeah, it's here I have it uh, in the Hebrew. A species of venomous serpents, a flying dragon, 
It's supposed to be. Supposed to, the first definition is supposed to be a fiery flying serpent. Yeah, that's a, yeah, serpent, fiery serpent. That's the biblical usage. Poisonous serpent, fiery from burning effect of poison. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's serpent, right? It's a snake, right? <laughs> yes. And it's um, undoubtedly in creation past, in eternity past, the position that was held over the throne was held by a serpentine figure. Mm. Isn't it strange that all the the all paganism, everything all the way from Bible forward reveres the serpent? Yep, the serpent and dragon. That's right. The serpent and any rep, the reptilian species, let's just Absolutely. boil it down to that, okay? You couldn't beat this book with a stick, folks. It's in the book. What would you fix to say, David? I'm with you on that. Absolutely, yes. Thank you for it was, it was, that. Yeah, because it was after the garden that he put him on his belly. It used to have... Ah, yes. He he, he brought him down. He he, he lowered him and, and, and sent him down to the lowest. That's right. Okay. Yes, and the snake's been crawling on his belly ever since. Anyway... And it's strange that women have a, universally, have an innate fear of, generally speaking, women have an innate fear of snakes or reptiles. Am I right or wrong? Yes. Mm -hmm. Just by chance, I guess. Just happens to be that way across the world. Reckon, I wonder why. I wonder why. <laughs> Isaiah 14, Brother Chad. Mm-hmm. Where? Start where it says, Thou art the anointed chair. Well, that, um, start in about verse 14. Okay. Isaiah 14, 14. Oh, you want the, the I will? Yes. Okay, so let's start at 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground? Okay, he fell from heaven. Whoever this this deal is, this dude, this whatever you want to call him, I soon call him what the Word of God calls him. Adversary. Asetan. C, capital T-H-E, capital D-V-I-L. And don't even want to give him that much credit. But the the being fell from heaven. He was, here in Ezekiel 28, the anointed cherub that covered the throne till he fell. Okay? He's going to die like men. We're gonna, Brother Dave's going to finish reading here in Ezekiel 28 when Brother um, Chad finishes reading there in Isaiah. Go ahead. How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. He wants to get his position back, and he wants to even go above the Father. He was over the throne, according to Ezekiel 28, covered the throne of Almighty Father. Exalted position, the anointed cherub that covers. Can you read? I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. 
I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Stay there. Stay there. Go ahead, bro. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdom? People freak out and say, See, this is just talking about a man. If I'm not mistaken, a while ago we read that they had the face of man, right, David? Yes, we did. You couldn't beat this book with a stick, folks. You couldn't. It's all here. If you just take the time and study it out. No reason for all the bad-mouthing, all the cutting down of God's Word, the blasphemy against God, against His Word, trying to say this is not that or that. They haven't read it enough to know if it's there or not. They'll lie to you. You hear me? I said they'll lie to you. And their eyes are blinded and their ears are full of dirt that they can't hear. They're going to wind it because they're deaf, dumb Israelite, just exactly like Isaiah's fixing to tell you, or the Lord God himself fixing to tell Isaiah in chapter 6. Finish reading in 28, Brother Dave. Let's yeah. check this guy out. Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings, that they may behold thee. Oh, God's will will be done. Amen. Amen. Absolutely will be done. It's a counter to the five I wills that Satan says he's going to do. And that's the two. You got one set of wills against another set of wills, and that's what's been going on, and that's what's taking place as we take our next breath right this second on Got a the other side of the veil. Yeah. In the, he, in the chat room. Pete asks, where would Jesus have been at this time? Been right there. As part, I'll show you, as part of the Trinity, as part of the throne of there with God, at the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, Brother Pete. The theophany. The angel of the Lord, the one that handed down the law, the one in the burning bush that claims to be God, yet claims to be the angel of the Lord. That's where he would be. 
Because, see, the whole thing was set, the whole plan was set forth for redemption before the foundation of the world. It tells you that in Revelation, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. So there you have the plan set forth in eternity past. Does that answer your question, brother? He says yes. He okay. Says okay. Yeah. Brother Dave, continue on. Okay. Verse 18. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. Okay. All they that... All they that what? Know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Amen. I want you to go back up now and come down and see the similitudes that he likens the prince of Tyre, the king of Tyre, to Lucifer. And Lucifer has the same attributes. Go ahead and start up there first now. At verse 1? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Ezekiel 28, verse 1. The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, Thus saith the Lord God, Because thine heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am a God. The capital G. Mm-hmm. I sit in the seat of God, in the midst of the seas, yet thou art a man and not God. See, no. how, see how the Hebrew prophet, folks, goes back and forth with the idiom and the similitude. This is what messes, messes so many people up and causes so many, so much infidelity when it comes to the understanding of a literal adversary. Okay? They try to say this is all about a, a man here on the earth. Okay? That's what they're trying to say. Because it says it's the Prince of Tyre. But yet it's talking about Lucifer. So Lucifer's doing the Prince of Tyre's work on the other side of the veil. They're interchangeable. What I tell, I'm telling you all the time that your movements here on this earth right now, every day, are on the other side of the veil. as counterpart going on over there that you have no idea what's happening. And the Word of God hints at it and points at it all through the Scriptures and lets you and drops the veil momentarily to give you just a little insight and he closes the veil back up in his word just to give you enough to let you know what's taking place. That's the reason he says, I will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, it, you can't beat it, folks. It explains itself. The whole program's explained of what's taking place. Continue on, Brother Dave. Though thou set thine heart as the heart of God, behold, Thou art wiser than Daniel. You really there think the Prince of Tyre was wiser than Daniel? No, Hardly. not quite. It was Lucifer. It was the one in Isaiah 14. Go ahead, brother. There is no secret that they can hide from thee. With thy wisdom and with thine understanding, thou hast gotten thee riches and hast gotten gold and silver into thy treasuries. Treasures, sorry. By thy great wisdom and by thy traffic hast thou increased thy riches. And thine heart is lifted up because of thy riches. 
Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, because thou hast set thine heart as the heart of God, capital G, behold, therefore I will bring strangers upon thee, the terrible of the nations, and they shall draw their swords against the beauty of thy wisdom, and they shall defile thy brightness. They shall bring thee down to the pit, and thou shalt die the deaths of them that are slain in the midst of the seas. Wilt thou yet say before him that slayeth thee, I am God, but thou shalt be a man, and no God, in the hand of him that slayeth thee. Thou shalt die the deaths of the uncircumcised by the hand of strangers, for I have spoken it, saith the Lord God. Where is the verse that talks about the music being uh, the tabrets and everything being built into his body? Thirteen. Okay. Continue. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in the Eden, the garden of God, There it is right there. He was there. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, topaz, and thy diamond, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. So music originated, what's written down was its being. And guess where music originated? Back in Genesis with his sons, the lineage of Cain. You couldn't beat it with a stick. Music comes from the line of Cain, folks. (laughs) And here is where music started, the tabrets built in, the vows that was built in, the pipes was built in to his body in the day that he was created. Doesn't it only make sense that in in his DNA, musical talent would be there? Y'all follow what I'm saying? Go back to Genesis. Y'all sound like you don't know what I'm talking about. Go back to the sons, Cain's lineage. Come on, guys. Y'all know the word of God better than that. Surely to goodness. Chad, go back to Genesis 4 Mm -hmm. and read about Cain's sons. Tubal Cain. See what he was the author of. Tubal-Cain. Okay. Jesus' generation. Tubal, yes. Okay. And Ada bear Jabal, he was the father of such as dwell in tents and of such 
as have cattle, and his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such as handle the harp and organ. Bingo. There you go. Uh, am, I, am I correct? That's Cain's lineage. Amen. Okay. Okay. Say a connection. Do y'all say the connection? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Clear. Satan had pipes and organ built right into him, tablets, and uh, down his lane, down his line of the Cain, uh, Jubal uh, was the father of Jubal. harp and organ. Jubal Cain, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Jubal Cain. We'll there you go. There's your two seed line right there. And directly shows you the DNA lineage. The origination of the music and through their through his genealogy. There's your other part of the seed line. Your dual seed line person, then you couldn't miss it with a missing machine unless you didn't read it. Back to Isaiah chapter 6. Yes, uh, then flew, uh, verse 6. Let me make sure that is... Oh, Brother Dave, real quick, go over to um, chapter 4 in Revelation while Brother Chad's going back to Isaiah 6. Okay. Okay, so no, no we just finished verse 3, so yep. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 4. Yeah, just, just, just a second, let Brother Dave read chapter 4 in Revelation, verse 6. Okay. Um, and read about the, uh, what I was telling you. Keep in mind. We'll see about the cherub beings with all those many eyes and the coals of fire and all that stuff before we get any further in Isaiah. Go ahead, brother. Revelations chapter 4, verse 6. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 so, Lord God Almighty. So these say holy, holy too. Holy, holy, holy. The seraphim, back in Isaiah's vision, said the same thing during his time. Holy, holy, holy from the seraphim. And these also had the same faces. Yes, sir. Sure did. Sure did. But it didn't mention cherub up there, did it? <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> okay, back to Isaiah 6. Verse 4. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. Okay, this, this you see throughout the word of God. When mortal man comes into the, is, is somehow brought into the presence of the Father, it's not no, Hallelujah, glory to God. There's no whoopee jumping up and down. We see something come over the individual where for a second he realizes the distance between mortal man and his sinfulness 
and a pure and holy, righteous, sinless Father. Amen. It's always the same. It's always the same. And and it always there's something done to the individual. It affects them physically. Remember Daniel getting sick for all those days and had to be touched by an angel, Brother David, to get well? It always happens when the holiness of sinlessness comes about, folks. You don't have to have nobody to tell. You don't have to be shown in a book you're a sinner. You know it instinctively. Isaiah realizes it right here. Not only does he realize it about himself, but he realizes it about his people. Continue, Brother Chad. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. Okay, that altar in Revelation 4, there's coals up there around that altar as well. It's bringing that up. It's showing you how it describes it. When it's always, it's always the same. Kind of the same. There'll be some differences. It'll give you some insight here and there in the different times that it describes in the temple of God in eternity or in around the throne. But go ahead, brother. Now, brother, I'll make a comment. Just say, go ahead. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips. And thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. He had to be done, because he would have died. Because a sinful man cannot stay in the presence of a holy God. It has to be taken away. Had to be taken away. Amen. Now, what's the difference now, today, folks? What is the difference now? Of you and I. Think about it. What is the promises you have that they didn't have? See, you got to do, you're 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 playing with a different ball game now. Because you could go you go straight to be with the Lord the moment you die, absent from the body, present with the Lord. To depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Let us come boldly into the throne of grace. Boldly into the throne of grace. Something's changed. Because you're in Jesus Christ now, see. You have God's righteousness. You guys get that? Praise be to God. Understand that, Brother Dave? Amen. That it just is connected. Now, are you understanding the difference about that? About you understanding God's righteousness in a better light now? How we, how where we get it, and how it can't be messed with, and how perfect it is. Are y'all understanding that better now? The inward, inward man, it's the gift through the Holy Spirit from Christ. See, because once you understand, once you get, once the Spirit of God teaches you, you get a better understanding of God's righteousness. 
and realizing it's just as far as the east is from the west in eternity to what anything we have that even resembles something good, then you start understanding the righteousness of God and what a wonderful gift it was and the price that had to be paid for you to obtain it. Let me say that again. And the price that was paid for you and I to obtain it. Amen, amen, amen. It's those kind of things that affect your relationship more than anything. The understanding, the realization of what I just got through saying, the more and more you realize it, I mean really realize it in your heart, the more and more your relationship grows and you realize your place as a slave, a bondservant. More and more you'll realize, take up your cross, and follow me, the Lord said. Amen. More and more you'll realize, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. More and more you'll realize, reckon ye yourselves to be dead, to this world, but alive unto Jesus Christ, our Lord. Paul said, I die daily. If we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he'll deny us. But he is faithful. He cannot deny himself. Second Timothy chapter two. So Isaiah says, Woe is me. I wonder if you walk like woe is you. I wonder if you walk like woe is me. Or woe is you. Or do you walk with the chest out in an out position? Stay low. Stay low, folks. Humility. Humility. Stay humble. You won't stumble. But once you start getting cocky, then you you can look out for the Rockies because <laughs> you're going to get hit. Stay low and that head won't get chopped off because you and I have no right to hold our chest, poke our chest out about anything. The very breath we take is is a present from God Almighty. 
and the very salvation and spirit of God that seals us to the day of redemption is a gift from God by grace of unmerited love. That's what grace means. Unmerited favor. So that's all you talk. You better believe that's all I talk about. And I'll keep talking about it. Because it's what I'm called to do. Because we're fixing to, Brother Chad's fixing to read one of the, the greatest verses in the whole Word of God that has been used by the Spirit of God to call more Bible-believing preachers into the ministry and help them realize the call of God in their life than any other verse of Scripture in the Word of God. Bet y'all didn't know that. But I want you to watch how it takes place. Okay? Watch the modus operandi that takes place here. And as Brother Chad reads this, open your spirit, open your heart up. You'd be thinking spiritually about what's being said here. Because we're, I'm using it, it's in a spiritual sense, folks, okay? I'm not teaching doctrine right now. I'm teaching you a spiritual lesson, practicality. Because the gifts and callings of God are without repentance, okay? He makes the call. But there has to be... Just like when you pick up the telephone and dial a number. If somebody don't answer on the other side, then there ain't nothing to it. For there to be a call, got to, um, there has to be an answer on the other side for the connection to be made. But there's no doubt. And going on four years, as many programs as much gospel and word of God that's been taught and preached over this internet from this program, the Spirit of God has touched some. There's been a telephone call been made. And the problem, more than a lot, it's been answered as well. One in Bible College right now in California. One up in Illinois. That's just two I know about. But see if you would be like Isaiah. See if the Lord's got is it's got your number. I'm sure he does somebody with as many downloaders as we have. There's no doubt in my mind. Listen to how Isaiah handles this. Go ahead, Brother Chad. Isaiah 6, verse 8. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and whom and who will go for us? Okay. Whom shall I send and who will go for who? Us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Holy, 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 Brother Dave. Amen. Trinity. Amen. 
That's the Trinity again right there. Who will go for us? There's the call. What does Isaiah say? Then said I, here am I. Send me. How about you? Will you take the call that Isaiah is fixing to to take? Will Will you pick up that mantle? Because he's going into it knowing nobody's going to listen to him. You think about some of the preachers in the Old Testament. Think about Jonah. And Noah preached all those years and he didn't, he didn't nobody listen to him. Ain't nobody listened to Noah. He kept saying it's gonna rain. It's gonna rain. What's rain, Noah? Ha 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 ha. Old man. You right wing extremist. What's rain? It's going to rain, and it's going to fill it. This place is going to fill up, and you're going to die if you don't listen to what I'm saying. 120 years. Laughed him to shame. But for 2,000 years, those of us that's born of the Spirit of God and called to preach God's Word has been screaming and hollering and begging and pleading over and over and over again, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And I can assure you, there is no calling on earth like it. Brother Dave, go to Romans 10 while I'm talking. Okay. It's a thankless job, folks, but it's a job for the one that created it has been from everlasting to everlasting. It's a pretty high calling. Brother Dave, you can read Romans 10 where it tells about those that preach the gospel. Okay. About the preachers. Now specifically talking to the phone that's ringing. Only you know who it is. I don't it may it may not be pastor in a church. It doesn't have to be pastor in a church. It doesn't have to be something like what you see mainstream. But every single one that's born of the Spirit of God is called to tell somebody else about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because you're supposed to produce Kind after kind. Because he says plainly, plainly, he that confesseth me before men, him will I also confess before my Father which is in heaven. But he that denieth me before men, him will I not confess before the angels which are in heaven. 
said in two different places. My angels is mentioned once, then it's not in another. But anyway, Brother Dave, read that about those that are called to preach the gospel. Okay. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is, the word of faith, which we preach. That is, thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Amen. Amen. Let's see what kind of folks that Brother Isaiah was going to have to preach to. Brother Chad, continue. Here I am, send me. And he said, go and tell this people, hear ye indeed, but understand not. And Do you hear what he just said? Hear ye, but don't understand. Wow, how contradictory. But Isaiah's going to take the mantle. Go ahead, brother. And see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert, and be healed. Do you realize what has just been said? Do you know the magnitude of what's just been said? I don't have the words. <laughs> and you don't understand that this whole thing's for his pleasure. You haven't got around to really getting that yet. Reread that again, brother. Yeah. Verse 10, Isaiah 6. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert, and be healed. What in the world? It's like it says in Romans, chapter 11, Who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counselor? Amen, Brother Chad. Amen. We read it the other day. Yeah. Yes, amen, amen. That's a heavy, that's a heavy verse, brother Don. Oh yes. Like you just have to let that one sink in. That's a heavy as a stone. And it's and it's over and over 
through the scriptures you run across and stuff. Folks, this what make this this a lot of this stuff is what makes atheists. It's what it's what makes people throw up their hands. It separates the wheat from the tares is what it does. Except it really show it shows it shows true love and fake love for the Lord is what it does. Oh, you talking about divider? You talking about a divider? This book's a divider, folks. Anytime somebody's talking about everybody needs to get together and oh everybody all about bull. This book's a divider. It divide, It even divides you. It even divides you. It divides your inner man from your outer man. It divides even your thoughts and the intents of your heart. If it's applied. Did you hear me? I said if it's applied. If it's read. If it's consumed, go read Hebrews 4.12, Brother Dave, please. Okay. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. I can quote yeah. it, but I want you to read it. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So when I made that claim the other night about this book knowing all about you and telling it, you think I was just making up, just telling you some preacher's tale? Hmm? I've done. I've, I've, war, I've been warning you for years. I'm not going to tell you nothing like that unless it's purely out of the book. Or else, you think I'd have enough guts to tell you not to believe a word I'm saying to go check it out? I wouldn't be a big fool and do that. Or I'd be an idiot, a, a, a fool if I did and didn't know what I was telling you was right when it comes to the book. If I don't know, I tell you I don't know. If it's my opinion, I'll tell you it's my opinion. But if it's the book, I'll stand on it till hell freezes over. And there's nothing anybody can make me change my do to make me change my mind. Because my eternal soul depends on it. And so does yours. Whether you know it or admit it. Man, Brother Kevin was talking about it this morning, and he said, was telling me how much he understood and appreciated the illustration that I'm always giving about the ruler. Amen. About the 12 inches being a standard for absolute, an absolute standard. You have to have an absolute standard, folks. You have to have an absolute standard, or nobody can set in judgment on anybody, not even God Almighty. If he doesn't have the absolute standard and you have the absolute standard, how could he judge you? How could he be righteous? How could he right? And I speak reverently, Father. 
I'm trying to get my point across. If both parties do not have the same absolute standard, would you please explain to me then how the higher authority could judge the lesser? Bet you never thought about that, have you? No, all Bibles are not the same. No, if yours is different than mine, it's not. It's it, it's the same. Not not quite. Bet you never thought about it in that light, have you? Don't even go and try to say that God don't make that claim. Don't even go there. you've learned anything, you ought to learn better to do something like that because you know I've got the both hammers cocked and the scriptures to go to. See, I'm not going to get out of the book. Because it's what does the, it's, the, it's what does the cutting. Continue, Brother Chad. Verse 11. Then said I, Lord, how long? And he answered, Watch what he answers right here, and let's see if we can, we, we better, we're going to have to run to our allegorical interpretation, man, when he finishes this one. Until the cities be wasted without inhabitants, and the houses without man, and the land be utterly desolate. How long? Continue. And the Lord have removed men far away, and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. But yet in it shall be a tenth, and it shall return, and shall be eaten. What? You know what that eaten means in the Hebrew, folks? Eaten. It means eating. <laughs> go ahead, brother. Or to burn, consume. Yeah, go ahead. Great. It, it means to consume and eat. Yes. Go ahead, brother. Amen. Okay. Or to be eaten. Uh, but yet, and it shall be a tent, and it shall return and shall be eaten as a teal tree and as an oak whose substance is in them when they cast their leaves. So the holy seed shall be the substance thereof. What shall be the substance? The holy seed. Shall be the substance thereof. You say, Brother Don, what does that mean? I don't have a clue. I got an idea, but I don't think you want to hear it. I remember this one. That's a frightening thought. I got a I got an idea, but I don't. I'm, I, I, I said a while ago I didn't have a clue. I don't have a solid clue. I have an opinion. All right. What was the first religion? After the flood, 
Brother David? Um, first religion after the flood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nimrod's Baal worship. Baal worship. Mm-hmm. You ever heard the word cannibal? Yeah, cannibal. There you Priest go. Bale. Bingo. How those two together? You remember what the Israelite women were doing under King Manasseh? Sacrificing their babies to the fire? Mm-hmm. Do you remember when the sea, that Jerusalem was under siege one time and the women were eating their own children? Yes. I'm just saying, folks, we're in the revelation of Jesus Christ, and it's talking about a remnant. It's going to continue to talk about it a little bit more, and we're going to find out about that church, quote-unquote, that goes to the wrath of God, that whore, just like we're the bride, the virgin bride of Christ, that's the whore of Satan in Revelation 17. We didn't get far the other night. We had a guest. And when we go down through the list, it's going to talk about the merchandise that's sold by the commercial Babylon. And it's going to mention the souls of men. And it's not talking about people's lives. It tells you about the people right before you get to it. Then it says the souls of men. There's a difference. Suke. Okay? Suke is so in the Greek. All right? Different. Words spelled different or what, Chad? They are not the same. So I want you to think about that. What does this mean? Don't know. And now a remnant's going to go through the wrath of God. Here it says that the that the that they're going to be this the holy seat's going to be the substance thereof. Isaiah twenty four says few men will be left. Here it says it's a tenth. I've been telling you all along, this is all remnant theology. I ain't talking about us. This thing, this thing got squat to do with us. This ain't got squat to do with us. What I'm talking about now. You have no no need to fear none of this that I'm talking about now. So we'll go ahead and stop here for tonight. Any questions? Comments? Anything in the chat? If you write this stuff down, folks, and go back over it yourself and study, the Lord will show you some stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm as far as I've gone. I've carried you as far as I can when it comes to this right here. Okay, I don't know anymore. And the Lord hadn't opened my eyes to anything. I'm sure it's in the book, but He just hadn't opened my eyes to it yet. I'll keep on studying. Took me almost 30 years to get some light on eight, just eight simple chapters in the Word of God. It took me 30 years 
But, and Laura, you probably go get it tomorrow. A lot of you downloaders are so smart. Y'all, Laura will probably give it to you tomorrow. Any comment, Brother Chad, Brother David, anything? I have no comments, Brother Don. No comment either. Was there any questions in the in the chat, David? Uh, let's see. Um, no. Okay. Okay. If there is no comments or any questions, then we will go ahead and stop here for the night, folks. I will tell you. I will give you a little. I'll give you a hint. Something you can add on to this. Bible says that dead things are formed under the waters. Just say, what in the world has that got to do with this? I'm just saying. I'm just throwing this out there. Okay? All that stuff that people, that we, when we go and we read this, it seems like like uh, science fiction stuff that we go to. The Word of God is plain about, like in Isaiah 24, when it talks about the pit, when it talks about people going down into the pit and people coming up out of the pit. If you, folks, come on, give it, use some common sense, okay, common spiritual sense. If it just said people went down into it, you, you could make the case it was talking about falling in a hole. But when it talks about something coming up out of something like out of the pit, the same pit, you've got to stop and use your. If you got the Holy Spirit of God, let the Spirit of God start opening your eyes to some of this stuff. Because as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Am I correct in saying that in the antediluvian world, they were eating people? Yes. Yes. So I'm just saying, as it was in the days of Noah. See, all this stuff goes together, folks. All this stuff goes together. This coloring book deal I keep talking about, it's, it, you just got to find the right color. The right number for the right, the right color for the right number. And the picture starts coming alive. It starts becoming clearer and clearer and clearer. Line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept. Here a little and there a little. We'll never know it all. But what we do know, we can grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can edify one another. And it's interesting on top of that. But never let it take the place. Never let any of this woo-woo stuff that we talk about. Okay? Sometimes. Never let it take the place of your practical day-to-day Christian life and relationship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Never, ever let it take place of that because the moment it does, you won't pray as much. 
You won't talk about the Lord as much. You'll find yourself listening to YouTube clips all the time. Okay? Been there and done that. Brother Dave, dismiss us in a word of prayer. Yes. Father, we come to you tonight in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we ask that you convict us of any sin and error in our paths, in our way, in our life, in our habits. And we seek that your Spirit would lead us and guide us into all the truth, into all the knowledge that you have for us. Yes, all that we need to know, all that you want us to know. And I pray that we would have a great thirst for righteousness, not the righteousness that the Lord Jesus Christ has imparted to our spirit because it's already been given, but the righteousness that we can have in our own works. Yes, Father. We pray for a hunger and thirst for righteousness, that we can work for you the works of righteousness, that we can go forth and preach the word of God, that we can go forth and share the word in our daily life with people as We've been fed the word, the hot loaves of manna from the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we'd be able to share that bread with others. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that as we obey you to seek you early and to share what you've brought forth for the day, that we would see fruit. We know there are few that listen, but there are some that listen. And there are people who will listen and who are our brothers and sisters and they don't even know they're our brother and sister yet. They haven't been born yet, but they are our brother and sister and they are ours. And yet they don't know it. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we could experience the joy of working together with you and experience the new birth in people's life as they're ushered into the kingdom. And I pray that these words tonight would work in our hearts and meld in us and confirm in us what the Lord Jesus Christ has wrought as he was the one who was on the throne that Lucifer covered and he rebelled against him and he left and made himself poor on our behalf and left left the rich man's estate, that incredible estate of wealth and riches that kingdom of heaven he left to come here to earth and humble himself as a man and to die a sinner's death, a perfect one dying on our behalf. And we give thanks for that, Lord. And I pray tonight in the name of Jesus that these words that we've heard would bring about in us a revelation of that glorious Lord Jesus Christ in our place before him and what our due diligence is to work on his behalf, and also that it would stiffen our, in our spine, Lord, a spine of iron and courage to do the work which you've called us. And I ask for these things, not for our benefit, but for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, and for your joy as you witness your Son being honored and glorified and magnified. And I pray this, that it be as you will and desire, in Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. 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 And amen, amen. Okay, folks, if there's nothing else, then Lord willing, and hell's permitting, we'll be back tomorrow night, and uh, 
We will pick up in dealing with the Church of Satan and Mystery Babylon in chapter 17 of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. Brother Dave? Contact information for Don Spears Ministry. Telephone number 334-397-2333. Again, that's 334-397-2333. The email address is also the PayPal account number for Pastor Don. And that PayPal account number and email address is as follows. Respect to the Lord at yahoo.com. That is respect to the Lord at yahoo.com. His mailing address is 3155 Louisville Street, apartment D1. Clio, Alabama, zip code 36017. Again, that's 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone. Appreciate you folks being there tonight. God bless each and every one of you. And Lord willing and health permitting, we'll be back tomorrow night. Good night, Brother Chad. Good job. Good job, Brother David and Brother Kevin. Brother Chad, holler at me when you get a chance, brother, okay? Yes, I will. Maybe tomorrow sometime. Sounds good. All right, but I love you guys. Love each and every one of you. Take care and good night. Good night, Pastor Don. Good night, all. brother.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.